Hi, welcome to another night of Walk It Out. My name is Gretchen Cannon, and I'm the community pastor here at Grace Church. And uh, I want to visit with you again tonight about the process of transformation. So um, before we get into that, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for who you've created us to be, which is transformed and conformed to your image, to look like the very likeness of who you are. And so, Father, we just welcome your spirit into this place, into our homes, into our cars, into our workplaces, wherever we are watching this, listening to this. And we just say, speak to us the things that you want us to hear. And we are open and we are receptive um, to hear your words and then to purpose to walk them out. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Last week, I introduced to you um, a tool that we use in the process of transformation. And I want to flash that up here on the screen for you um, just to look at. There's two triangles. One is a hearer triangle and one is a doer. And that's out of James 1, 22 through 25. And the process is um, you when you become aware of something, that's where it starts. Like it's the first time you hear it, recognize it, whatever. And then you move into ponder, over to value, and then you move through the behavioral gap into it being reprioritized in your life. And then once you've reprioritized it in your life and you're really flowing into that, you then move into the phase of owning. And then from owning, like, Everything you see is through that lens. You've been transformed in that specific concept or that instance, that situation um, that's before you. And so tonight I want to take this tool and I want to go, uh, I want to expound in a few parts that I didn't last week. And then I want to give you some examples of how this might be useful in your life, both so you can be self-aware of where you're at and let the Holy Spirit reveal to you um, some things that you need to walk out in your obedience as you align your will to his, but also just to encourage you, like transformation is a process and it's a good process. It's nothing to be discouraged about or anything like that. Like the Lord promises us as we renew our mind to the truths that he does the transforming. And that word renewing actually in Romans 12 too, isn't even a verb. It's nothing we do. It's a noun. We actually align ourselves and he does the renewal as we align our thinking, our, our emotions, all of those things to the truth of what God says maybe about us, about somebody else. And so it's a beautiful process for you to be encouraged in, not discouraged. And so I want to go back quickly through the steps here. Um, so, and, and just maybe what it looks like. So aware uh, would look like you hear or see something for the first time. You might even say, oh my, that's good. I really like that. You maintain some sort of um, basic knowledge of the concept where you're able to recall it. It's not like you're clueless about it. You're, you're a little further than that. And then as you transition into the ponder stage, like you begin to read some more about it. You begin to think about it. Like 
It may not totally consume your mind, but it's something that's frequently there. You begin to listen to podcasts, you look up scriptures about it, you begin to talk to someone who knows more about it. You can even restate the concept in your own words. It allows you to um, construct meaning and to explain what is actually happening. And this allows you to better see how or maybe why something works. And then as you transition out of the ponder stage into the value, you begin to say like, I think this is really important. I need to do it. Other people need to do it. And you begin to experiment with it. You begin to practice in it. Like as you begin to experiment with the concept, um, you can use it in new ways, but, but yet similar situations. And so a lot of times, most of us stay at the value stage. We never move on because like our society and things like that, like it's trained us to just stay at that, but not to decide to reprioritize our life, not to change our behavior, not to own anything. And we stay right there at valuing. And so the next gap there, or the next section is the behavioral gap. And this is one I want to dive into a little bit more with you today. So I've kind of turned the behavioral gap into three processes or three maybe steps. Uh, Psalm 37, 3 and 4 um, says to discipline yourself or, or um, to, uh, to begin to think on his faithfulness and remember those things. That's actually a discipline for you to do that. Then it says to delight yourself in the Lord. And then the last thing in verse four says, he will give you the desires of your heart. And it's because like the things that you value are the things that he values, but you're actually changing your behavior for your will and your actions to line up with his will and what he wants for your life. And this is the longest gap um, of all of them. And I want to give you a couple of scriptures to go with this gap before we move over to the second triangle. And so <clears throat> it's very important too during this gap that you understand like you have to slow down. You have to slow down. You have to rest. You have to spend time with the Lord to restructure whatever it is as you move towards reprioritizing. And let me take it a step further or, or in a different light, if I'm going to re, like, if I need to begin to own eating healthy, like that's something I don't do well at all. But if I need to begin to do that in that behavioral gap, like I have to slow down and I have to research things. I have to have conversations. And then I actually have to think, okay, what are foods that I um, enjoy that are healthy for me, the textures. And like I have to ask the Lord, like, give me the desire for me to eat the things that you've created that are good for me instead of the manufactured stuff like white chocolate peanut M&Ms. Like, I would like to think that God created them, but I know he created the minds that invented them, but that's probably a stretch for my healthy eating, right? And so... In the behavioral gap, it's all about changing your actions to fit what you value. 
like what you say you value, changing your actions. And so there's a Hebrew word um, that I've mentioned before, and it's Shema. And I want to read the scripture um, that we most frequently go to. It's in Deuteronomy um, 6, uh, 4 through 9. And um, this is where the Hebrew word Shema, which is just the Hebrew word for hear. And it means not just to hear, but it means to hear and obey. And it actually, when you dive a little further into the Hebrew definition, it means absolute obedience. So this is how the Shema, and this was a prayer that, um, like in the culture, that they they would recite all the time. It's a very famous prayer. And it says, hear, O Israel. That doesn't mean just hear, but it means absolute obedience. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And so right here, it's a great picture of we don't just hear the truth, but we actually change our life to be able to take it from value to owning a truth. And so um, as, as I have come into the realization of this process of transformation and how the Lord has began to reveal it to me, um, I first introduced it to my family. And I have a 10, 11, and a 13-year-old son, and then I'm married to Brian. And it was amazing, like the things that came out of the dialogue within this tool. And my 13-year-old uh, looked at me and he said, well, my 11-year-old said, hey guys, this behavioral gap is just actions. This is all it is. Like it's our actions. And I was like, right, yeah, our behavior. And then our 13-year-old said, it's Shema. Like this gap is Shema. We're not just hearing anymore but we are moving into obedience and through the process of actually aligning our actions to what we're hearing and what we're valuing. And so I, I love that. He brought the scripture to me last night and uh, to go with this tool. And it's Hebrews 4, uh, verse 7. And they're quoting a psalm um, in David uh, or the, a psalm that David uh, wrote. But um, Hebrews 4, verse 7 it says, uh, today, after such a long time, and it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So when you read that scripture, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. If you read it in the Old Testament in Psalms, the Hebrew word there is Shema. But if you read it in Hebrews 4, um, verse 7, because um, the New Testament was written in Greek, the Greek word for that is a coup. And so it's A-K-O-U-O. And I love the specific definition for this scripture of a coup, because a coup means to hear. And it says to yield obedience to the voice. How about that? So today, if you will 
yield your obedience to the voice, then do not harden your hearts. I love that. And so the behavioral gap is just that space where we start taking our actions and our behaviors and we start lining them up and disciplining ourselves into our will being his will. And it's it's a process, but it's so good for us to live out of the reality of who he is in us within our spirit man, to live in that reality in our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so once we go through, once we slow down and we like reconstruct to move into reprioritizing or into our life being reprioritized, we actually have um, like whatever the concept is, uh, whatever the truth is, we have actually already changed our life and our schedule because we've practiced that in the behavioral gap. So when we've reprioritized our life around it, we have changed our life and our schedule around that. Like our life is ordered around this thing that we value. It's a huge shift, like a huge shift. We are living differently. Um, it's, it, it's important to, to think critically at this level. Not critical, but critically. Like, oh, yeah, there. I've changed my life. Here I haven't, and I'm going to. And then as your life is reprioritized around this value, you begin to move into a place of actually owning it. Like as transformation continues, and as the concept becomes a mirror for you, then it becomes a foundation, which is the window, the lens that you see everything through. Like you breathe it. It's a part of you wherever you go, whether you're at church or home or work or the store. It's just who you are. It's not just in ministry or not just in that specific context. Like you begin to use the concepts to create something new or help others begin their process of transformation in this particular area. And that's what it really looks like to own it. And so I want to share just a couple of examples. I mentioned uh, that I had first uh, started um, uh, playing with or um, talking through this tool with my family. And as we were sitting together and we were processing through the different steps, we were looking at some scripture, it was interesting to see just my boys even react to what we were talking about. And one of them just got really down. And I I said at the beginning of this video, like, this is to encourage you. But he just got really down. And we were like, hey, Wyatt, like, what's going on? And he goes, I just really thought I owned basketball. And I don't. And it was just like, oh, wow. Like, this tool really helped him see something in his day-to-day normal life. And so one of my sons said, well, uh, is, is your goal to own basketball? And he was like, yes. And they were like, well, what are you going to do then? I'm like, where are you at? And he said, I'm totally at value. I haven't changed my behavior at all. I go to practices and I go to games, but like my life isn't reprioritized around basketball. And so one of them said, well, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm getting my iPad right now and I'm going to set a timer. I'm going to set an alarm and every day it's going to go off and it's going to ask me, 
have you practiced basketball today? Like, I'm going to start ordering my life around being a ball player. And he did. Now, I don't know where he's at, like if he's turned the alarm off or not, but I do see him out on the basketball court a whole lot more now than I did when we first had this conversation. And so another example might be like healthy eating. So I mentioned that just a little bit ago. Like I'm aware, I I came into an awareness, not uh, probably three or four years ago, like Gretchen, you're, you're coming into your forties. You need to start eating healthier. You should have in your thirties and in your twenties, but now you really need to. And it became something that I was aware of. And then I started pondering it and thinking about it. But then like I moved into the value like, man, yeah, like others should do this and I should do this. And I started experimenting, but I never like for a very short time, I changed my behavior for a very short time, like maybe six months. But I have not reprioritized my life around eating healthy. Any of you that open my snack drawer at work or see what I drink in my morning drink knows I am not a healthy eater. But yet Gavin and Karen here on staff, like they are healthy eaters. They are in there prepping healthy meals. They have healthy snacks. Like their go-to is apples and peanut butters and shakes with things like beets and uh, all kinds of other stuff that I don't know that I've ever purchased in the 45 years of my existence because they have definitely reprioritized their life around eating healthy. And so this is a great tool for spiritual concepts It is a great tool for also just life in general. And so I want to give you one other quick example as I close today. Disciple making. Like that is one area that I have moved through the process of transformation. Like I look through the lens now and I own Jesus came to make disciples and he has asked me to intentionally disciple others. My life has been reprioritized around it. The new house we built The floor plan was actually laid out to be able to disciple people. When I'm in the store, when I'm at school functions, when I'm at work, when I'm at church, all kinds of things. Like I look through the lens of of discipling others, but now the Lord has made me aware within that lens, like here's an area that I want to take you through the process again. And it's actually right, repri- like actually owning, laying down your life for others in different ways. And so this never stops. It just gets more exciting all the time. And so I became aware of that as he made me aware. I started pondering like, well, what does that look like? How would this fit into my life? What does he want me to own? What am I going to hear and what am I going to yield my obedience to his voice. And so it it is just so fun to see the different layers that he takes you through. Um I'm also so excited next week um on my live stream I get to have my good friend Mike Q Daniel from San Antonio on and we're going to talk about this process and how someone comes becomes aware of the new covenant all the way through to own give you some resources like as you're in the ponder stage and what it looks like to really have your life reprioritized around 
the new covenant economy. So I'm so very excited about that. I also want to remind you, if you have any questions or if you want to reach out in any way, you can always email me at Gretchen at gracechurch.community. And I would love to um, just be able to dialogue with you about anything um, that you're that you're interested in, uh, things you have questions about. And so today, just as we wrap up this portion of the process of transformation, we need to just take a few minutes and ask yourself, like, what is Jesus speaking to me right now through what he's shown me? What is my obedience? Like, what am I going to do about it? And then determine right now to go walk it out.